feeling all right and you think you're on. Somebody let me know. We'll everybody in the place put a whistle in your face. Scream it out and say, go! Hello, we are back. This is episode 137 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, the Skull Crusher, and with me today we have... Ladies first. Natalia. And ladies second. (laughs) Mike. (laughs) Mike. Klaus is not with us today. He is uh, doing whatever the hell it is that Klaus does when he's not here. So he's Klausing. He's Klausing. He's out there. <laughs> Hashtag it Klausing. Um, you know, actually, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, comic books. I found a comic book that is called Klaus. Oh, yeah. It's about uh, Santa no, Claus. No kidding. Really? <laughs> right? I don't know what it's about. It's about, it's, it's, the, it's like the myth of Santa Claus. No way. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it is. I think I saw it. I don't know. The, the, the cover that I saw and that I took a photo of sent him is like this big buff, like typical 80s comic book, like, quote unquote, hero. It looks like a heavy metal cover, like, like a dude with a white beard. No, <laughs> it looked like a Frazetta painting, basically, on the cover. And he has like clouds in like, like old German black letter stuff. It's hilarious. But anyway, he's out there clousing. Maybe he's actually finishing <laughs> finishing up his, his his new comic book. Um, cool, dudes. We have a lot to talk about. The Vuelta España turned from a pretty good race to a ridiculous amount of like just shit that we can talk about. Uh, stages uh, you, fourteen. You turn, 15, on, I think? you turn on the stage in the morning, does it? Do you just cry? Are you just crying from happiness? Uh, no, no crying. Oh, actually, wait, wait. No crying, but before we go any further, I, I, I made a note to myself, and then I completely ignored my note, of course. Um, the survey that we're doing for listeners is still up, and we've gotten a lot of responses, and I appreciate it for everybody that has taken the time to do it. But anybody that hasn't, it's going to remain up for a little bit longer. So please, if you're a listener of the podcast, if you're listening to this, then I guess you qualify. Please go to speedmetalcycling.com. There's a link there to go to the survey, and it's super quick. It's 10 um, 10 questions, and it's anonymous unless you want it not to be, in which case you can add your email address to the bottom, to the, I mean to the bottom, to the very last question, where there will be a space for that, and then you can be entered uh, and to win a Speed Metal Cycling Kit uh, when we do that um, later on this year-ish. So, yeah, please, speedmetalcycling.com, go and check it out and help us out. Because like Mike said last time, we never ask anybody, anything from our listeners. Nothing. Never. <laughs> except is, to listen. Yeah. <laughs> except to Which listen. is a lot. I will admit, that's a lot. Yeah, I know. It is, yeah. actually. It's quite difficult. Because I don't listen. I, yeah, I don't listen either. Uh, no, I actually do. Uh, <laughs> so I know how difficult it is. Uh, so you feel the pain. Yeah, you feel the pain. So speedmetalcycling.com. If you guys can do those that uh, that uh, do us that small uh, favor, that would be awesome. I promise, it's not. It doesn't take very long. You just have to answer ten quick questions, and they're super straightforward. Everything's um, easy and multiple choice. So that's the one thing that I wanted to say. The other one is I have gotten. 
two emails regarding this in different ways, but alluding to this and stuff. Um, as, as a vegetarian and, and as a person that um, considers himself uh, marginally involved in, in animal rights, um, a couple of people have brought up the idea that people are... There's some people that um, boycott the Vuelta España because of the way that Spain treats... Uh, bullfighting and how they continue to do it and how the state actually is a big part of it and uh, there's a lot of people in Spain that not only actively support it but are actually like super adamant about it I was when we were in the Tour de France with my brother when it arrived in Barcelona there was a huge protest um, against bullfighting by some people and then random cycling fans which were the ones that were there got super rowdy against them and started like pushing the protesters and stuff I mean if you think about it and you're gonna get put put together a protest you're the one that is like have a conviction about it but then you go to a public place and most people just ignore you because they're just like whatever dude but these people in Spain in Barcelona were so angry that somebody was protesting them and what this lady was screaming was like you're making Spain look bad on TV because obviously it's during the Tour de France so they were like shut up you know uh, bullfighting is part of our history and is our heritage and blah 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 and it got really rowdy so I know a lot of people in Spain even take it very seriously um, I just want to make a statement that I, I yes I believe in animal rights and I do believe that Bullfighting is a horrible, stupid, and hyper-ignorant thing to do. Uh, I believe that most hunting is. Uh, uh, but um, I guess I, I, I not enough for me to boycott the Vuelta España. I, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you know, you, different people have different lines in the sand. And my yeah. line in the sand is not that far out there I just and well I respect that others may believe that I mean that's it's a very cultural do. thing right? it's almost up to the Spanish to solve it not us well yeah but I think that if there's 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 pressure from the international community or whatever I think I mean a lot of people what they just want is for the for the Vuelta España to make a statement about it I don't know that that's right. going to change anything or whatever it, it's it's a topic that that they in Spain the people that are against it are trying to raise awareness about it most most other countries in the world don't even think about it because it doesn't happen there. But in Colombia, it happens uh, not as much as it used to when I was a little kid. But I, I went to uh, a bullfight when I was a little kid, and it's fucking horrible. It is morbid and terrible and bloody and fucking disgusting. And the reason that people do it in Spain and in Portugal and in a lot of Latin American countries still is because it's a bull and not a friggin' dog. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they put fucking like a, a nice German shepherd there or, 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 a, or a standard poodle and then it got slaughtered in front of everybody and then there was blood coming out of its mouth. Everybody would be like, that is barbaric. That is crazy. But it's a bull. So everybody's like, ah, fuck it. It's horrible. It's terrible. I just wanted to make a statement that I definitely am 100% against bullfighting, but I still watch the world. Was that too long? Did I, did I go on for too long? No, it's okay. Standing ovation? <laughs> Standing ovation? No? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I think just for the record, the bullfighting thing was 
abolished in Bogota, I think, the last... It was, really? The last, yeah, like the last major, I think, Petro Pura Aban on bullfighting, I think. They were still fighting it, but yeah, there were no bullfighting. Yeah, I mean, I went past, in... For the past time, it's like, it comes and goes, you know, like you have the anti-bullfighting and then you want the, and then you have the pro-bullfighting that... Who is so pro bullfighting? Who, say who is like, yeah, let's kill a bull. Let's let's be kill an no, yeah, they, they, like, they have like this weird explanation for it or not. I don't. I mean, uh, whatever. Nuts. But yeah. yeah, no, it's like is that that thing is going back back and forth in at least in Bogota. But I think now is is banned. I mean the 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 thing the the place where they used to do that the Santa Maria is not being used. So oh really? It's well, for I concerts. remember. Yeah, it's for concerts. Yeah, and stuff. I can I tell you this that, that uh, fighting anymore. That's where I saw it, and, and um, that's where I went to a bullfight when I was a little kid. Um, it must have been 85 or 86. But then, Dude, how did you end up, I mean, like, who takes a kid to see bullfighting? That is just Because so the, the company that my dad... for me. Yeah, but the company that my dad worked for uh, gave tickets to a lot of their employees. And so my dad got four tickets, so we went. I mean, that's oh my really gosh, it must be work. like traumatic experience I think after that I wouldn't even oh, just the thought horrible. of it it's just like it horrible. Yeah. But, then, but then I hated that place every time I would drive by you know the Santa Maria I would be like oh I hate that place like from, from you know from 7th Avenue you can see it like up on the hill and I'm like ah that place sucks and then like a year after yeah. that I went to see but I went to Oh, I, went I went to see to, a concert, though. That's what I was going to say. The UB40 concert. It was yeah. awesome. So I, I like went it. To see, uh, <laughs> I went to see Baron Rojo, a band from Spain, at that place. It was awesome. It was, I was a very young kid, and it was like a crazy metal show. I was scared shitless. Okay. I thought I was going to get my ass kicked. But uh, it ended up being okay. I, I, I did better I than the bull. I went to a demolition derby once. That was very traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I can beat that. I went to a demolition derby. There was only school buses in Fremont, Ohio. What? Yes. And it was like, this is like late 80s. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. You're too hardcore. You're too hardcore for Fremont, me. Fremont, Ohio, uh, dude. Yeah, the middle of nowhere. All right. Anyway. Snowflake here. Okay. Let's, let's get back to the Vuelta España. Now we can talk about stage 15 I mean stage 14 or we can talk about stage 15 or we can talk about the 93 guys getting eliminated and then not eliminated we can talk about uh, Quintana yeah, we'll talking talk about, about the heart rate monitors we can talk about I want to talk about stage 15 because that's that was what I was alluding to earlier is that Nairo Quintana basically eliminated 93 riders from this race. <laughs> I would say he had a little... No, he had a little help from Alberto Contador, but yeah. Right, but I mean, that, oh, was, that was crazy okay. to watch. It was, it, was cr- it was absolutely amazing. But if we're going to talk about awesome. stage 15, though, I want to just briefly then mention stage 14, in which Orica Greenedge had an amazing, like... I can't remember who it was that said, this is the kind of thing that we talk about in the bus, and we're like, oh, let's have the race go like this and this and this and this, and it never, ever, ever works, and in this one time, it actually worked. Um, they, they fucking amazing, and I watched that one on Spanish TV, and they were like, this stage is making history, because that's the one also where Froome and Quintana, and Quintana kept attacking, and then Froome would catch up, and then Quintana would attack again, and then we like six, seven attacks, and then mm-hmm. Yates and Chavez basically skipped, like, they did the frogger, like, blip, 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 
<laughs> catching other guys on their way up, other other like Orica guys on their way back. Just amazing. And guessing victory was awesome. That little like sprint against that Elisandro, um, whatever his name is. Holy guacamole. I thought, like I said, like the guys in Spanish TV were like, this stage is going to go down in history. And then the next day, they're like, oh, yeah, you know how yesterday was going to go down in history? Never mind that. Nobody's going to remember that stage because today is going to go down in history. Holy the whole race is going down in history. Shit. I, I, oh, yeah. That's for sure. Unbelievable. Do you think it's too hard? I don't care. It looks fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that, listen... We've said this a million times in the podcast, and I think everybody agrees with us. Shorter stages make better racing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing stage. I love the fact that I saw it from the very beginning. I saw. I think that the very beginning. from the very beginning of the stage, like 15, when they when they actually had the whole thing or whatever with the kilometer zero and the whole thing, and then they the flag goes down and Brambilla just goes out. Boom, trying, trying, trying. And then before you know it, the <laughs> Contador is there. A bunch of Tinkoff people are behind Brambilla. And then they start going. And then it, it seems like out of nowhere, there's like a small gap. And you're like, oh, that looks like a pretty big breakaway. So I'm expecting like a 21-person breakaway. Like, oh, here we go again. And then I start realizing, oh, wait a second. Contador is there. Holy shit, Quintana's there. Oh, my God. Where's Team Sky? And then... They're all in the back of the peloton, what was left of the peloton at that point, like chilling, not doing anything. By the time Chris Froome gets on the radio, he realizes they're like, the other group is 20 seconds ahead. David Lopez is the only guy with him. That's it. Nobody is. All the other Sky guys are all the yeah, way in no, the back. Great. It was amazing to watch. Then it breaks yes, again, awesome. and then the guys in Sky are even farther back in a third group. What the f- How does that happen <laughs> to a team like Team Sky? I, I I know that somebody's not going to get a renewal with this guy next season. From <laughs> I, I call this marginal losses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty cool to watch. I was watching the U.S. broadcast, so you have Bob and Paul, and it was hilarious because Bob was having a kick out of that. You know, he kept laughing and making jokes and saying this and that. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I had a quote that, that he said at some point. So he was like, you know, like laughing and being happy. And you know, it was just really, he was in a really good mode. And then he goes, it's like, when they show, you know, like Chris Froome just struggling, trying to, you know, like close the gap, using his like cadence and stuff. So he goes and says, See, it's not easy to ride without the sky juggernaut in front of you all day long in a grand tour. <laughs> so he was actually like mocking him. I was like, what the hell? And Paul was next to him and he was, he sounded upset. You know, he was trying to like, oh, but you know what he's going to do without his teammates? It was like, and then Bob was just like laughing and saying, that's what I just said. That's what I just said. <laughs> so with Bob and Paul, who is the, who is the main guy and who's the color guy? I think it's supposed to be that um, uh, Bob, whatever his face is, is, is Bob Roll and Paul, whatever. I mm-hmm. think it's well. No, because, well, like, they were both it, cyclists. Do you expect the guy that used to ride to be the color? But right, right. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I guess Paul, because he's been doing it longer, is maybe, and then Bob Roll's yeah. the color. Yeah, probably. That would make it sense. It was funny. He was. It was so me. It was. It was funny. It was funny. 
Yeah, so like Bob kept giving Sky and Froome crap, and then Paul was getting upset about it. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it was, I, it was I mean, an awesome, it was, we, it was an awesome, listen, an awesome, an awesome stage. Day. I was like, at some point, because the thing is like, I, I cannot watch it live, because to watch it live, you have to pay for this stupid app. So they just show it afterwards, like at 7 p.m. or something. So I was watching it, and at some point, I was like, what the hell? Where is Chris from? You know, when I started to watch the, the, the recap that they do in the nights, it's like, wow, wow, this stage is just massive. By the way, did Contador get a, a tweet from Crossiger? congratulated him on his, on his performance? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like he did with I don't think no? so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to check that. Like, let's see what Crossiger has to say about this man. That was a clear move. I also was reading that after the stage was done and they were done with the podium presentations, Contador actually went and shook Nairo's hand behind the, <laughs> the podium. So, yeah, yeah, some of the Spanish people said that that behind the scenes, Contador went and like shook Nairo's hand, kind of saying, like, see, it can be done, no, but yeah. it's not going to happen if you just go with five kilometers to go. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned, my dear little grasshopper. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we did, it, did really, in fact, witness history because that's the first time that I can ever remember Sky messing up that badly. I mean, skybots were nowhere to be seen. Like the usual, like they're usually so organized and just so, and they were a mess. I expected that from coffee dis. <laughs> really, truly, I mean, unbelievable. Like they were nowhere to be seen. And when they, when they finally found them, when the cameras finally found them, they were like, you know, I mean, trying to do some work to catch up, but it just looked super, like, disorganized, and they did not look like they were really even trying. They have to, uh, they have to defend at the tour of Brexit. I mean, Britain. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, they were showing, like, it was Errada, the one that was giving them crap or something. Like, I remember that they were, like, in this group, and two of the guys were just, like, lifting their hands and doing gestures with some of the movie stars and the movie stars was like, are you kidding us? We're not going to chase you. <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> I think it was Boswell or somebody that was like arguing with the movie stars because but here's the thing. It like, was... they, were keep, they were not keeping the pace. It was like, are you effing kidding me? Is yeah. this, you know, like, really? Well, yeah, it was, it was actually it was errata. Yeah, it was definitely errata because, um, so after this whole okay. thing happens, right? Sky, Team Sky falls apart completely. The Quintana Contador group does what it does, just amazing. This is before, like, the final climb, even. The group all the way in the back starts to obviously slow down, and they're just taking it easy. They know that there's a lot of Vuelta left. But at some point, somebody must have told them, like, hey, guys, you are... Not like two minutes or five minutes, but you're like almost half an hour out of the fucking time limit. And they don't do anything about it. They get there almost an hour after the fact. And I think they're thinking like, what are they going to do? Kick all of us out? Which is the dumbest thing in the world because I remember with my friends in high school in Colombia, there was five of them that trashed the bathroom. And then when they got caught, they were like, oh, what are you going to do? Kick all of us out? And they were like... Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. Bye. <laughs> and they kicked all five guys out. So 
it, it's it's unbelievable that that it happened. I I will ask for you guys' opinions in a second. Personally, I think that it would have been amazing if they would have all been kicked out. I understand why they didn't. It, there's money. There's sponsorship. They, I understand that. But it would have been awesome if they would all all have gotten kicked out, right? Then I did some research. Here's my research. If they would have gotten kicked out, these 93 guys, this is by team, in the big teams only. Astana would have gotten two guys kicked out. Tinkoff would have gotten two guys kicked out. BMC, four. Orica, five. Movistar, one. And Sky, seven. So I thought, shit. I thought it was eight. Eight. I that's what I read later. Like, oh, I just counted again. It's seven. I don't know. Okay, maybe there's only eight guys left. They would have room would be the only one left. David Lopez was the, the the last guy to still be with Chris Froome, and he came in at 41 minutes. And the line, the the cutoff line, the line was 31, 30 something minutes. So. <laughs> Well, I thought, of course they didn't kick him out. Sky would have had no team. And then Chris Froome comes out and goes, I think they should have all gotten kicked out. I was like, well, somebody's pissed with their team. That, that, my (laughs) friends, would have been amazing. Yeah, no, he was pissed. But it was kind of nice the time that he decided to give that, you know, like little statement. Because after the stage was done, Nobody from Sky was talking to the press. I think the only one that came out and talked to them was Leopold Koenig. But the rest of them, like nobody showed up. So, yeah, that's very nice that he goes and says, like, yeah, all my teammates should have been, you know, like kicked out. After a was made and after a stage was raised, it's like, thanks for your input, dude. You know, like. (laughs) But I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, if if you're going to say, like, oh, don't worry about it, get there 54 minutes after everybody else, you'll be fine, just take it easy, then what about the guys that, like, kick their own ass to remain just above that line. Like, right. You right. Know, like David, no, Lopez, is, yeah. David Lopez got there like 41 usually, minutes, 32 seconds, but he he worked for Chris Froome earlier in the stage. He wasn't just like taking a nap in the back. And I know that he's not taking a nap. And I know because people are like, dude, you couldn't have kept up with him. Of course fucking not. I have a fucking triple. So here's my, my question. Here's my question. You, these guys usually know what they're doing. They, there's somebody in the back who usually is able to do a quick calculation and say, hey, guys, we need to pick up the pace. We're outside the cutoff. I think you mean and calculations. Usually, ca- calculations. Calculations. And usually they come in, they know what they're doing. So either this was, a, this was an organized like work strike where they were like, you know what? This race is too hard. This is why I alluded to earlier. Like, is this race too hard? And we're just going to... We're just going to come in when we come in, and we'll see what happens and hope that we get a pass. This is collusion. This is collusion being dictated from the team cars. I don't think that the riders were actually, like, organizing themselves. I I think that this is just coming from from the cars, just like, you know, like, just get that freaking bunch as big as possible. I think they're right. right. It uses the chances to, like... That is just communication between them. Just throw all your guys in there. We're we're going for this. (laughs) The riders and the team cars are a bunch of communists, and they're just complaining about it. That's what it is. They want to unionize. No, listen. I'm looking at the times right now. And um, with 24-28 was Davide Villela's time. He was 71st on the stage. After that, so he was 25 minutes, right? After that, for for almost 20 minutes, nobody came in. 
then David Lopez <laughs> comes in, and then and then Sam Bennett, and then like just and then everybody else comes in. So there were twenty. There was a twenty minute gap between the people that tried and the people that didn't. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's 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 the other thing. Then why do you have the stupid rule in so you can kick out Ted King for his seven second? You know, like when he yeah. was like seven seconds outside the time limit in the Tour de France. So that's what the the rule is there for, just to kick like those little minor people yeah, there. Actually, but when you have his... something like his blatant, blatant anti-racing collusion, whatever, because they were not even trying. And actually today, like somebody was looking over the Stravas of some of the riders and they were comparing the heart rate what, of what they did in that freaking Gruppetto versus the ride of the rest day. And some of them were saying like, look, the heart rate is higher today in the rest day <laughs> ride than what they did in the Gruppetto. So it was like, they were not even trying it. It was like, this is just, I think it's just a slap in the face to the, the ones that are they're actually like, have been kicked Try out. Try to get into, like you right. were working and stuff and you saw it yesterday. You saw it yesterday. You know, like the, the ones that were actually like working and trying and whatever the day before were tired. And today, yeah. and yesterday you had like these fresh legs. Right. Throwing attacks and stuff. So I think it's, it's, it's not fair. So this is one of those things. How are you going to deal with the rule then? Because clearly it can be boycott. You know, like it's like if you, if you have the strength in numbers, then the rule cannot be enforced. So I wonder if there is a way to kind of put a little, can, can we say, like, say, fail safe or something? When, of course, you are not going to kick 93, but can you kick Teddy? Right. And then you pick right. the Teddy randomly or something? I don't know, something like that. I, I think... That would be good. You know, you said it best when you said, why have the rule if you're not going to be able to enforce it? Or if you, don't, or you enforce it here and there? That's BS. Like they're saying this is a special thing and whatever. But I, I still say, I mean, Daniele Benatti, who's not a climber at all, he made it. I mean, he. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I know people will be like, that's because you hate Sky and they would have been left with nobody or two people, depending on who you believe. Oh, uh, but whatever. Yes, but. And you love Movistar. <laughs> they would only have gotten one person kicked out. People. I, a, a chunk of the race a, did the right oh, thing, and, and a huge chunk of the race didn't. So, but yeah, I, I, it, it's, it, the rules are the rules. The here's rules the thing, should though. be the rules. It's a, it's a no-lose situation for the Vuelta, because no matter what they do, they're gonna be, yeah. people are going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking about it. The, when Chris Froome came out and said, I actually think the rules should have been enforced, to me, I... I don't know if he actually believes that the rules should have been enforced, but to me, that was him waving the white flag and saying, you know what? I'm not going to have the best world of this year. So <laughs> there's no risk in me going out and saying, yeah, I think they should have cut 93 guys. Yeah, It I is would, interesting that he wants that rule, but he doesn't mind running up when the rule says that you can't do that. Right. So right. I think yeah, if he would have come, come out that day and said it, but I think once they said, like, oh, no, we're going to keep him here, then, yeah, he can jump out and he can say whatever then. It doesn't right, really matter. Right, right, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's <laughs> You think hilarious. who out of those nine of Sky or eight or whatever, who is going to get sacked? I, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Something has to happen. Chris like, This is what's just like. Chris Froome is going to get sacked. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you guys saw this. Can too. he can he blame it on the teammates? I was thinking about it's like, okay, 
if you are Chris Froome, are you going to blame this on the teams or was this one of those hiccups that some of the GC contenders tend to have? Like Nairo looking away at the top of that climb in the Tour de France. He wasn't and looking Froome away. Just like he bombing down or, you know, like not following the yeah. wheel. And that one, not even trying to follow the wheel, looking for Valverde. And there you go. He went away. Well, I can tell you so, this. I think it's something similar. Like Froome was waiting for the teammates to go and chase this group and didn't jump on Contador Quintana. I mean... If you see that Contador goes, and if you see that Quintana goes, dude, that's kind of your crowd, no? Yeah, you're supposed to like no, jump and go there. So I don't. I mean, I don't know if he can. You know, like, can can he blame this thing on the teammates, or was his thing to to follow? What do you think? I think that if he would have followed, it really wouldn't have mattered because he would have been the only one from that team in that group. They would have. I mean, he would have been isolated either way. Um, I, I, I think just Tinkoff and Movistar played, played it very, very smart. And they actually, I mean, Contador played it really, really smart. Quintana was quick to actually jump over. Um, but if you look at the timing, the timing sheets, the last three guys in, in that stage, so the very tail of that group were Ian Boswell, Leopold Koenig, and Peter Koenig. So... In front of him was Jerome Cousin, a friggin' sprinter from Coffee Dis. A fourth rate (laughs) sprinter from Coffee Dis. Beat these guys. I don't know. It's it's interesting. But the stage was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was formidable. (laughs) (laughs) It was. I think. It was really interesting. It was really cool. The the strategies definitely going down in history and everything. But I still think that stage fourteen was just all the attacks that Quintana put, and you could just not break through. Could not break through. But anyway, so now that we had the rest day, the second rest day today, and we start again tomorrow, uh, do you guys think that this is it? Do you think that Quintana has it locked? Nope. I do. I tend to th- okay. think so. I think he has a psychological advantage. Definitely. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you know Team Sky right now, they, nobody's happy there. Right. And if right. anybody there, let's say that Chris Schenkness is like, <laughs> Chris will be like, what the hell are you laughing at? Well, yeah, and here's the thing. Bob Roll is right. There's no Without Team Sky riding like they're going to win the race, who's riding like they're going to win the race? Movistar, Movistar, which is what I said two weeks ago or last week. Oh, last week, yeah. yeah. Yep. And that yep. gives them an, that gives them an, a mental advantage as well as a physical advantage. I absolutely agree. I think that it would be great if Orica takes advantage of this whole thing too, and actually puts Chavez and Yates on the podium. I think that would be awesome. Quintana, Yates, Chavez podium. I would th- that would be amazing. And no one can tell what team they're on. Nobody. Because they all look the same. Because they all look exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I think that that would be awesome. And I mean, I've said it before. It's not that I have a problem with, with Chris Froome necessarily. I just have a problem with Team Sky and the way they do things. And just, I don't know. It's just kind of boring. You know, this, okay. this is Before you on, what do you think that Chris Froome was yelling through the radio? Uh, actually, when oh, he... you guys weren't. I wish you could get the, in, Sp- in Spain, 
they weren't talking when that was happening, so you could hear him screaming from the motorcycle. <laughs> my, oh my gosh! What was he yeah, saying? Yeah, Did he was you like, hear that? Or? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? I have two Orica. I no, I have two Movistar. I have two Tinkoff. Um, I where is everybody or something like that? You could hear him perfectly. Perfectly, wow. he was freaking wow. out. I wonder what the DS was yelling then Back from the team car. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? He was like, look at your power meter. <laughs> <laughs> frolicking puppies, frolicking puppies, frolicking puppies. Think uh, about happy thoughts, happy, happy thoughts. thoughts. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. <laughs> um, but all right, so I want to, now that you bring up the power meter thing, so Quintana comes out saying that power meters should be banned. Right, so there, there's a call for people to ban the radios, and if the, I mean, just like there's a call to ban radios or whatever, and then automatically the response is always like, "But it's a technological sport. Why can't we have radios? The technology allows it." And then Chris Froome said in the interview, and I don't know if you guys heard this, he said, "Oh, sure, that's a really good idea. Let's get rid of that and then go back to riding single single um, gear bikes. Speeds, yeah, single mm-hmm. speed bikes." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's." Just stupid. Why don't we just have robots driving riding the bikes then? Well, no, because I mean, where do you draw the line of when the technology went too far and when it hasn't? I'll tell you when. When racing becomes boring, getting the guys yep. all in single. That does that doesn't. I don't give a shit. That doesn't make a difference for me when it comes to racing and strategy and stuff like that. Get rid of the power meter. Yeah, that's awesome. Comparing that to single gear bikes, it, it, it's absolutely dumb. The UCI has been putting rules in place since its inception that may, may seem arbitrary sometimes, but the bikes have to be a certain way. The bikes have to be a certain bad. So if he, he let's say that they, they ban heart rate monitors tomorrow, Froome would be like, why don't we just go back to blah, blah, blah. Then the UCI is like, oh, really? Why don't we just like... Not put engines on the bicycles. The technology is there to put engines. We can put a little motor on your bike, and then that's technology. So let's do that then. And I'll tell you what. Let's replace all the riders with little robots that the DS can control from the car. I mean, all the, that's all that what Quintana exists. was asking. He was saying, "Let's ban power motors." Oh, but his, his oh, English really? his English is not very good. Lost in translation. Okay. Oh, lost in translation. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it, it's it's a silly it, it's a silly argument that, that Chris Froome is trying to make in order to keep them. This whole idea that right. the, the, the technology exists and cycling is technologically advanced, so we should yeah, exactly. We all realize that a bicycle is not very technologically advanced. It's powered by friggin' legs. It's fucking dumb. All right, they're called motorcycles. That's technology, and you can make them really fucking fast. So let's just raise that then. Right. There you go. That's that's all I had to say about that. If you have to pick between like radios and power meters, like say that you have the power to choose one of them to be taken off the races, which one will you pick? I would pick radios to be gone. Me? I, I have, yeah. yeah. I mean, Me too, yeah. I, I, if anybody cares, the almighty Skull Crusher made his point very clear in Road Magazine, like, Jesus Christ, probably four years ago now or whatever. <laughs> yeah, just the fucking, it, radios are just dumb because 
it ruins the spontaneity of the of the of of the of the racing and it makes for a better uh, not spectacle for a better show yeah no absolutely yeah. and when, when if if they're 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 the riders that wanted to stay have continuously used safety as they were like what about safety better than safety or is it safety safety all right i'll tell you what and i've said this a million times everybody gets a radio with race radio. A race radio, exactly. Yep. Race radio, guess what? It tells you, oh, there is something dangerous coming up in one kilometer. Right. And right. That's it. I agree with that. Yeah. So if, if you want I to... Think, I, and I think this goes back to my point earlier. Quintana, that was, a, that was a comment that he made on the bike at the end of a stage when someone shoved a microphone in his face. It wasn't a press conference. It was just like... Hey, what do you, you know, he just made a, he was throwing shade at Chris Froome because he can, because he's in that position where he feels like, I'm going to make fun of this guy. He's on the ropes. Like, <laughs> that's what I Wait, think. Wait, was this before the, was this before the 15, right? This is before the craziness oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. happened. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was when he tried attacking, attacking, and nothing it's, happened, yeah. and you know, like, Stage Froome keep, kept bridging to him. I think it was like before oh, that, and yeah. then... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it was that. I know it was just because it was the same freaking script, you know, like every, you were trying to drop through and just didn't work. The guy kept doing his like pacing up. But you can't blame through so. for that though either. I mean, that's freaking amazing. What he oh, did no, no. is fucking ridiculous. No, that's that's. I mean, that's how he races. That's how yeah. he races. I mean, I'm not criticizing that. It's freaking boring to watch. But no, it wasn't. Mean, it was it awesome to watch. So, it was awesome to watch. It was fucking really? fun. Really? Yeah. Like, from going up with the linear progression thing is cool to watch? Come Dude, on. I'm going to tell you why that, that stage was fun to watch because Quintana kept going and then Froome would catch up with them. And Quintana kept going and then Froome would... And the whole time, I'm like, just keep attacking and don't, don't stop. Just keep going. Of course, Quintana can't keep going. And that's the thing that is interesting and that I admire Chris Froome for. As boring as it may seem, he friggin' beat Quintana. He could not he, he could not get rid of him that's okay i mean okay. boring if quintana doesn't attack and attack and attack and he's sitting behind three sky guys and that's yep that's that, that, like the tour oh, what we saw at the tour which is like exactly yeah. team sky and can kill completely kill races it just they're not even worth watching and they're not the only ones that are doing that. I mean, in cycling, sure, they are right now the ones that do it. But Astana has done that before. But, uh, you know, in, in... Oh, but Astana was helping, sports, yes. Like two days ago, they were helping. They were helping to oh, bring no, no, Scarponi no, yeah, back absolutely. in the top ten. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I don't know. Dude, Scarponi is having a freaking great race. Scar- I don't know if you know this. Scarponi is 97 years old. Nine years old. Not a lot of people know that he's ninety-seven years old. What do you think they got from Sky? I mean, totally they were helping. I don't think that they were, or it was really that they were like pushing for Scarponi when dude, they started dude, chasing. Astana are from Kazakhstan. <laughs> they have more money than Sky can even think of. So it wasn't money. I think honestly that Astana were probably shamed into doing work. They were like, "How come we're not up there? How come Scarponi is not up there with these guys?" I think that's what it was, honestly. I really don't think that there's okay. anything, nothing, Astana has nothing to gain from doing that because there's nothing Sky can offer them. What could possibly, I mean, it's, 
money is the only thing I could think of, but I think that Astana just laughs at that. They're like, we are big, I don't know. I'm just, we have I'm just big asking. government, I don't know. we have big government because money, we write own check. <laughs> because freaking Luis Leon Sanchez, like, died I know. pulling. <laughs> almost, almost literally, yeah, I know, I know. Oh, man, that was, it's been a couple of amazing, amazing, amazing days. Super oh, the fun. other thing that I've noticed with this Vuelta is, have you seen how the dudes from the Guardia Civil, I mean, like, kind oh. of the police, yeah. are pulling people oh, away from the riders when they, boy, that's like, oh, I think that person dislocated the shoulder there <laughs> with that pull that he just got. Man, they it. mean business, you know, like, they like take them and just swing them. Oh yeah. I'm waiting for to seeing like one of them actually like flying on a cliff, like off a cliff. Like woo, there he goes. I'm Touchdown. Hoping, I'm hoping to get some sort of number on how many selfie sticks have been broken by the civil guard over there. I it's it's been awesome to watch those guys just pushing people out of the way and stuff. But it's just a matter of time before when they're pushing somebody out of the way, they actually get in the way and they're the ones that take out a rider. But that's okay though. I wouldn't think that's too bad. I love it. I, it's been it's been interesting. Oh God, what a fucking great race this fucking Welta has been. I it's love like it. has everything. It has everything. It has every, Oh yeah, like this morning I saw that it was funny. Dombrowski, I think he was complaining because the Welta has the same song. I don't know which song is, and they have it on loop at the signing of oh. every stage. <laughs> so he was like asking, like, can, can we please just like, change the <laughs> change. song or just, like lower the volume a little bit? And then all the Spanish people, man, it was like piling up on them, like <laughs> shut up and ride your bike. And why are you complaining? You should have gone faster yesterday. Blah, 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 blah. Then don't call me if you don't like it. I just like, jeez. It's got chill pill, everybody. But yeah. It's a shitty song anyway. <laughs> to, to, talking about being sensitive, huh? It's like, you do not criticize <laughs> our vuelta, man. Like, jeez. Well, the Spanish. Then, so, yeah, in no, I got it too because when I, you know, like, when they were like talking about uh, should the writers get disqualified or not, I think I did a retweet of somebody that says, like, they should get disqualified. That's the rules. And then I get, uh, like, a couple of angry Colombians were like tweeting back at me. Yeah, sure. And then you know, like Jonathan Restrepo will be out and Atapuma and blah blah blah. And you're like just like saying all these repercussions from the Colombian dudes. And I was like, dude, that's the rule. I'm sorry. You know, like if if I'm not being patriotic I'm for celebrating, you, and, you know, like we got a free pass. But geez, if like, Jonathan Restrepo wow. and, and Atapuma would have gotten kicked out, I don't think we would miss them the next week. Week anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's not really that. Boy, you know, now you're going to get. Now you're going to get it. You're not being very Colombian. I'm a realist. It doesn't really matter. Um, Wait, you were saying something and I was going to say something and I forgot. I was talking about the music of the Vuelta. Before that, I don't know what was on your mind. Yeah, Dan Broski has been like giving us little tits and bits of what's going behind the scenes. Did you see a picture that he tweeted of the hotel rooms when they were staying? Yeah. He tweeted one and it was like this bed in the shape of a circle, I think. And it had like mirrors all around. It was like, wow. That's my bedroom. <laughs> you know what's funny? Remember how I said that in front of those three Sky guys, uh, Jerome Cousin was the guy that started, that, that finished. Joe Dombrowski finished right in front of him. So the last five guys in that stage were Dombrowski, Cousin, Boswell. Koenig and Kenick or Kenick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. There you go. Joe Dombrowski needs to shut his mouth about music. 
He can't even. I know, I know that he just yeah. just failed. You know, like well, you're not here to listen to music. Now you're I remember. To, now to I grace. remember. So just remember, do that. Now I remember what I was gonna say was that um, the Spanish in general have a huge chip on their shoulder over a lot of things, but they seem to have this inferiority complex within Europe. I know that. So if you if you if you listen to the Spanish uh, media during the Vuelta, they're always like. Oh, that was a great stage. See, uh, the, 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 the tour would be lucky to have that, a stage like that. <laughs> or look at the way that we organized the Vuelta this year. Oh, the tour. That's, that's like tour de France level organization. The media is constantly comparing the Vuelta to the tour. But I mean, like, seriously, four or five times per stage. They'll say something like that. Oh, we're getting these beautiful shots from this helicopter over here. That's, you know, that kind of uh, TV work is, you know, worthy of the tour de France. Like... All the time, this huge chip on their shoulder. It's ridiculous. So if you insult the Spaniards about anything, it's its a whole thing. They're worse than Argentinians. It's crazy. Because actually in Argentinians, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it's funny lot, because yeah. Argentinians are even worse. And it just I just realized, too, I remember during the Tour de San Luis, They'll also say shit, say shit like that. Oh, we have this race here, and this is just, you know, this could be a, a race in Europe. We could just be in Europe right now. Look at this racing. So they, they say the same thing. In Colombia, the That's racing good. is like, we don't care about Europe. We don't want Europeans to come. We don't want to have any. Sean Kelly was talking about going to Colombia to race during the 80s in the um, Clásico RCN. And he was like, oh, and the mm-hmm. racing was so hard and so great. And, you know, they have these, like, super long, like, 25, 30K climbs and people that are so nice and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, we're never going to hear that again, ever. Europeans are never going to go to, to Colombia to race again. It sucks. The Federation is just a bunch of fucking assholes. Uh, now I'm yep. out. I agree with that. I agree with that. But let's, let's not go there. Let's yeah, not go there. Let's not. <laughs> We, la, la Vuelta is, has been fun. So, ha, has yeah, been yeah. fun, yeah. So, don't, don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Don't, don't put... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> next. Next. So, Mike, you say that Quintana has it wrapped up. Yep. Regardless of how the time trial goes. You think that he has enough of a cushion? I think the time. I think he'll lose a little bit of time on the time trial, maybe. But I, I, think, it, I think he's psychologically sound. I think he's got a strong team. I think... Nobody can tell them and Orica apart, so he seems like he's got, you know, 22 guys. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and Valverde is not a threat right, anymore, exactly. so that's, yeah. it's looking good. I have to agree with you guys. It's looking good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, of the psychological aspect, which is why I think Lance Armstrong was so successful. I mean, I really think that's a huge, huge part of it. Yeah, I, agree. I think for Quintana too is important. I mean, I think it must have been hard for him not being able to break Chris Froome right. in the past races. I think that was like the major thing of. It was funny because when he crossed the line, I think he was like, "Oh man, I actually did it! You know, like we actually like dropped Froome." Froome, yeah. So yeah. I, I was reading an interview that they did afterwards, and then they were asking you know, like the, the usual. So, what were you thinking? What was going on when you were in the breakaway, and then you realized that Froome was behind? Oh, I just start yelling at my teammates: "Full gas! Full gas! We dropped Froome! We dropped Froome! Full gas!" Like, <laughs> I mean, he has three, three and a half minutes. Three, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of yeah, time in the This isn't thirty seconds. And then twenty seconds after that is Chavez. 
And then Contador, uh, Simon Yates, Sammy Sanchez, Andrew Talansky, uh, Formolo, Redeemed, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, David de la Cruz and Michele Scarponi, which is just unbelievable. Okay, so let me ask you. Yeah. Oh, actually, let me ask you this, Natalia. Do you think that Quintana then has it in the bag? No, I'm not going to say that, no. No? <laughs> No, you no. Don't think that I'm not going to jinx the guy. I'm sorry, but I have this cultural thing that I'm not going to say. Because this always happens with Colombian sports. Whenever you start getting, you know, like, okay, oh, and oh, yeah, we have this, or the guy has it, something crazy happens. You know, it's like what we call the, the salt, yeah, like salt. la sal. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying that he has it. So I'm yeah, I think we've discussed yeah, this being before. Ultra Colombian here, so. We've, we've discussed this before in, in the podcast even, Mike. I don't know if you remember how uh, incredibly to a paranoia we, uh, Colombians are uh, superstitious. And even yep. my brother, Klaus is a person who is very logical when it comes to most things. He's incredibly superstitious about certain things. This thing <laughs> I'm not superstitious about, though. So um, I think that it's, it's, it's pretty close to being in the bag. I, I think that 337 is plenty of time for... For Quintana, he can lose a minute and, and, and he'll be fine. But here's the next question. Here's the next question. Yeah. Give me the podium. Natalia, I'll start with you. Who do you think is going to end up in the podium? I think Chavez. So who's going to give uh, me one, two, three in the podium? So I think Nairo, number one. Then number two, Chavez. And number three, I'm going to go for Contador. Ooh. That doesn't count as sal. <laughs> for whom? <laughs> for, for everybody involved. <laughs> okay. So okay. So number one Chavez. is going to be Scarponi. <laughs> number two is going to be Talansky. And El number Formolo. three is going to be Samuel Sanchez. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Mike, what do you think about uh, podium? Quintana. From Contador. Uh, I'm going to say Quintana, Contador, Froome. Whoa. Wow. Well, I mean, they have, there's like maybe, what, 20 some odd seconds between Froome and Contador. And I think that Contador yeah. is probably going to try to attack again. It would be awesome. And then Froome yeah, just has a bad right. time trial. And, I mean, we all know, obviously, Alberto Contador can be a really good time trialist when he actually tries. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to say Quintana, Contador from. Wow. Did you write those down? Uh, I have. Oh, you have? Right. Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't. So, Mike has, just to confirm, Mike has Quintana, Chavez. No, sorry. Mike has Quintana, Contador, and Froome. Right? No, okay. Cantana from Contador. Yeah. Okay, so it's, okay, and Contador, okay. And then, Dan, you have Quintana, Chavez, and Contador, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> no? Quintana, Contador, uh -huh. from. Oh. So it's the same thing, I just flipped the two guys. Oh, okay, so that's the one that I had written. You're talking about Alberto Contador, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Javier Contador, his long-distance <laughs> cousins. His long -distance so you're cousins. flipping with Mike. I see I what you're doing. I am flipping the last two guys with Mike. I think that Contador is going to get some more time there somehow. And that okay, somehow. and then I'm just going to go. Somehow. What did I say? To you, avoid the, the curse of you the Lasalle. So it's going to be Scarponi. You said Quintana, Talansky, <laughs> and Sanchez. There Chavez, you go. Contador. 
No, Quintana, I'm going Escarboni, Talansky, and Sanchez. <laughs> so if something happens to Quintana, it's on you guys, not on me. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. If something happens to him, it make an even better race. Oh my gosh, okay. shut up, dude. It's like, why, Speaking why, of, no, why? Okay. So, <laughs> it cannot be because this is the time when he's going to get the self, self-confidence and mentality that he yeah. needs to be able to tackle his room in the future. Right. Yeah, he he needs to have this one. That, nah, that's right, why yeah. I'm like, please, please let it have him. It'll happen. You know, it's interesting okay. when you hear, when you hear uh, Sean Kelly in his, you know, uh, every time that he's doing the Vuelta, in commentary during the Vuelta, he mentions, uh, you know, he did the Vuelta a ton of times because he's, the teams that he was in were always from Spain. And so he did the Vuelta as opposed to the Giro. And he won the Vuelta, of course. And he, in 87, he mentioned the 87 Vuelta going to Lagos de Covadonga when Lucherreta won up there and stuff, whatever. But a lot of people may not remember that he actually was wearing, well, back then he was a yellow jersey. He was wearing yeah he was wearing a yellow jersey, then lost it to Herrera the day before the time trial. Then on the time trial he squashed Herrera and got the jersey back. The next day he didn't even show up to start the race. He had to retire because of um, uh, saddle sore. They got infected. He had he had surgery before the time trial, and even with that he squashed everybody. And then had to retire because the, the the thing got infected after surgery. He had a surgery during a grand tour and was still <laughs> leading it and had to retire wearing the yellow jersey, gave the jersey to Herrera, and Herrera won the Vuelta in 87 like that. So you never know. And Kelly always says, well, you never know what's going to happen in cycling. You never know. And I think he's always in the back of his mind thinking that race was mine and right. I lost it. He had like three days to go. So you never know. Did I just totally curse Quintana to lose this race? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you have something booted next to you? Uh, yeah. There something you made. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I threw salt over my left shoulder as well as I was talking. So everything's okay. No worries. And then I'm going to go outside, grab one of my chickens from my backyard, twist its neck, and then drink its blood. Everything will be fine. Oh my gosh. Is that really? I know the salt and the knocking on wood, but the chicken sacrifice has just. When I was a kid, just, I my mom. I don't think that's, or that's dude, part listen, of the. Listen to this crazy story. When I was a kid, um, we were living in Miami at the time and, um, my, I can't remember what was going on. Like, I don't know. We were having some bad luck in the family. When you're a kid, you have no idea even what that means. It was probably like my dad, like job things. Or I don't know what the hell it was. Anyway. So my mom brought us to this Cuban brujo dude, like this witch doctor dude. And <laughs> we had to stand in our underwear on this like stone on like this, like, yeah, on like a, on like a, uh, like a boulder. Thing. And then the, the guy put all this shit around our teeth, like our, our, not our teeth, our feet, like coconut, like shaved coconut and like, I don't know, and he like split a mango, like a little flower mango and he put it there, whatever. And then he had a chicken and he twisted its neck and then the blood, it started like pouring the blood around our feet and then like, like pouring it on us to cleanse the bad luck or something like that, dude. 
that's mother, like the yeah, the famous so, you know like I, and that is a common saying in Colombia when you're like just having like a stick of bad luck then they tell to you like why do you go and get a bath of something you know like, yeah, like, yeah, get, 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 <laughs> of like herbs or like just to cleanse the bath luck. Of like somebody somebody oh, yeah. must have put a curse oh. on you or you <laughs> Dude, know, like something like if that you, if you and ever, then, like there is there is no, like in Bogota there is this place when they sell these potions and stuff so you yeah. can you know like repel the bad luck that somebody has imposed in you it is my brother yeah. my brother has written about this throughout the years in his blog and all the stuff that like my, my mom still believes in us stuff to this day and if you think that is i mean if you ever wonder why my brother and i are as fucked up as we are uh just just look to our mom so this time i i wasn't married to joe yet this is just recently too so i was in my 30s and i this is when i first moved to uh, pittsburgh and i was looking for a job and my mom said listen i'm gonna send you these bath waters and it's not a big deal because my mom knows that I don't believe in that stuff and I hate it. Yeah. She was like, it's not a big deal. Just <laughs> do it for me. All you got to do is after you shower, you grab the, these little bottles and then you put them in a, in a container with water, with hot water. You're done with your shower. You turn the water off. You grab this little container and then you pour it all over your head and then that's it. And she was like, is, is this herbal stuff and whatever? Just do it once for me and then just let me know. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I am not joking. My wife has can can tell you that it happened and has photos of it. I poured the water on me, and my eyes were the first thing that started to burn. And then <laughs> my lips were burning. And then you will laugh, but my nipples started burning like crazy. I realized this thing was burning my skin. Like, all of my skin. By the time we got to, like, the navel and the downstairs area, it was an all-out, like, three-alarm fire, five-alarm fire. I don't know, many-alarm fire. Turn on the shower again. Wash it off as much as I could. This shit burnt my face. You could tell where on my shoulders it had, like, burned because you could see exactly the, the, the bead of water, like, the burn of the bead of water. Like, if I had been sitting on the sun with no, like, sun. Like, I looked like a crazy, my chest looked like a lobster, and then it was fucking horrible. Horrible. Wow. Did your was, mom tell you what was the intended it, effect of that? I don't to wash back luck away. I don't know. I just know she has okay. apologized about this a million times. A million <laughs> she's apologized. But, oh, yeah, no, but the, the funniest one that I have of those is for single women down there. The story of the, this like the... A they little this, statue from Saint Listen, Saint Anthony, I think it is, that you have to bury with like the head upside down in the patio or something, yes. and then that will bring you a husband. Yes. I think that's just hilarious. You know, like you have the statue of Saint Anthony, and then you just go and bury it, bury it on the patio. Yeah, it has to be buried on the patio, but it has to be like Upsi you know, like yeah, upside down. down. Yeah. And then you bury it, and guarantee husband is on the way. Oh. That's just no, no, funny. No. Funny, funny. Sometimes, sometimes they have this thing in Colombia for single women. It's called Match.com. It's crazy. No, listen. Sometimes I go into my mom's house. I go to my mother's house, and I see one of her saints. It's usually San Pancracio. And he has a hood over his head, like a tortured, like, uh, kidnap victim. He has a tiny little hood over his head. And I was like, Mom, what, what, what is that about? And she was like, I'm mad at him. Let's not talk about it. Wow. <laughs> 
don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's nutty. It's kooky. But, eh, everybody likes it. So, anyway. Uh, it is funny. It's my just mother, one of those listen, things. my mother basically poured acid all over my body. <laughs> to clean the bad look. How, that's yeah, how hard exactly. that freaking potion was. Guess what? I, okay, I, so I still have bad Question luck. for you too. Are we going to guess what podium Klaus will suggest? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, let's just put in a podium for Klaus. I'll okay, I think goes. Klaus would say Quintana. Quintana has to be first, yeah. That's yeah, Klaus out. would probably say Quintana from Chavez. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to Kleisban, Dan. Okay, so it's Quintana. Say it again. Froome and Chavez. Froome and Chavez. So that's... The way they stand right now. Do you agree with that, Mike? Or you want to do your Klaus <laughs> by Mike? No, I agree with that. Okay. I was going to say at least get Chavez in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Oh, by the way, I was looking at the Velo Games League, uh-huh. and it's funny. I think there was one guy that was actually ready to compete with Michael for the last for spot. Last. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he, he was the one that won the Tour the de one, France. The last one, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. In Christian. Boy, he's friend. solid, solid in the last place. It's like, I don't think anybody can take that away from him. <laughs> hey, Mike, you still email with those guys, right? With the Velo News guys? I mean, Velo News, woo! Games, with the velo games yeah they need to put the, the numbers of the freaking positions man oh, I'm, I t- bet, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tired of like counting and you know because my team sucks it's not like I'm counting to five right it's not like I'm like 58 59 oh shit I lost count and then I have to go again yeah. no man come on that just sucks so yeah do me that favor do me that favor alright guys so Vuelta España, man. One more week. And then after that, we're looking forward to the Worlds or no? I'm not. I don't give a shit. And yeah. Boring. Really. I, I, I am. I am. Yeah. I'm with Mike. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I'll see, an animated yep. gif, I'll see an animated gif of the sprint. and then. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the fact that it's just in Qatar and it's just like on this man-made island and like this is just crazy environment? Nah. I, fuck, I, see, I see Formula One races out there in the Middle East and they're like, their fucking circuits are insane and it just makes me want to barf that those people <laughs> have so much fucking money and all know, they do I with know. it is try to show off how amazing they are like that's it that's all they do i mean every, like the united arab emirates do the same thing and bahrain do the same thing they put on these crazy ridiculous super opulent is that the word like yes. displays of just wasting money and like what for like what now everybody's gonna be like oh Qatar that's that's an awesome place yeah look at that they held the fucking world yeah and then the world cup comes there and the formula one races go there oh yeah look at that man the United Arab Emirates man they really know how to do it yeah so what what the hell what what for it's I don't know the whole thing is decadent I have a question for you. You know if finally the World Tour teams, they because I heard that they were boycotting their presence in the team time trials. That, I heard that that, uh, yeah, I heard that. It that, was like, it's a it given is resolved now. or? No, I, I heard it is a given. They're not going to go. They're definitely not going to okay. go. Okay. Yeah. That's the okay, last okay. I heard. So who knows? The, okay. the government of Qatar will probably give them a shitload of money to show up so that the spectacle is even better. 
That's but I think they already have. I think the, the strike is, is because all the money is being kept by the UCI or whatever. They are not. Yeah. They're not. No, they, are, they are kind of trying to like fudge it as a world to raise or something. So the teams have, have to cover to all up. the expenses and yeah. stuff. But I think this is something just to try to push the UCI to share some of the TV revenues or whatever they get or the money that they got just to have yeah. the worlds there. So I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm just curious just to see how that one is going to end up being resolved if it's actually being resolved or, or I not. hope they don't. I think that the team time trial in the World Championship is dumb, honestly. <laughs> it's the World Championship and you have an Italian racing next to a Belgian to win yeah. the medal. Like, that's not... I don't, I don't know. If you're going to do that, then just have the trade teams race. Right. I mean, what's the that difference? Would, yeah, then? that would be more fun. It'll actually be equally not as fun, but more logical. <laughs> It'd be just as not fun. <laughs> but it would make, I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, 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 how the teams are divided for the world championships seems just irrelevant and, and, and arbitrary. You know, like, no, we got to do countries because it's the world championship. Get it? Right. Yeah, but the guy that crosses the line first yeah. is going to be the world champion regard. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's silly. Yeah. It'd be nice if they have it and everyone was racing for himself. You know, like it's like you just bring your own, you bring <laughs> your like, own kits with your own name on it, and that's it. Yeah, that's something like that. And yeah, sure, you get to have the country too, but there is no such a team as you know, like Team USA or Team Britain or anything. It's just like this is it. This is pure strength. There is no strategy. If I see somebody colliding with some other person from the same country, you're out. You're <laughs> this is just. You by yourself, you know, like kind I, of like, like yeah, I, I like that idea. I like that idea. They, listen, that's it. They have a b bash, like a huge party the night before, where all the cyclists have to go, and that's where all the deals get negotiated when they're drunk and high and fucking doing coke. And so the, then they all like, dude, tomorrow you work for me, man. And yeah, I'll work for you, man. And the next day they all get to run to race with crazy headaches from being like super hungover and then trying to remember who they made deals with. I think I would watch that. <laughs> like, wait, what? I have this Rolex and I don't remember who gave it who to gave me. Who gave it to me, exactly. <laughs> what am I supposed to do here and now? Here's the thing, though. In the TV <laughs> graphics, when they show somebody racing, underneath it says how many drinks they had yesterday, how many lines of Coke they did, <laughs> and who they talked to. That is entertainment. Yes. I'm taking over the UCI. <laughs> That's going to be my, my platform when I run for president of the UCI. Oh. Yep. Oh, all right, guys. <laughs> Enough bullshitting for today. Uh, I want to thank you both very much for contributing once again to the podcast. And um, I want to remind everybody and ask everybody once again to please go to speedmetalcycling.com and fill out our small survey. We just need to know what you're thinking, what you like, and what you don't like. And hopefully we can um, accommodate what uh, most people like. Uh, you know, when it comes to things and other things. Um, I think that's it. We're out of here. Peace. Like the man with the super S on his case, we're gonna jump through the phone like we got in the way. I'm EJ Rock, and I can pass the test. But to get down with the rappers from the east to west, this party, please, that party, please. I'll funk them all with the greatest of these. This is EJ Rock with the masterpiece of the book. Get the sound that moves your feet. Somebody say, Somebody say, get up, get up. you are a good, you going down, you compliment this funky sound, the funk is here, so you can groove, we want to 
at sight. He's gonna hit you with the rest so you can bogey tonight. I say downtown shopping with some flashes in mind. Just listen here closely while I tell you my line. I'm slick tight and be very naughty. I know him by the name of Spaldy Shorty. When checking out the other, the dress so mean, they put me in the mind. And when Mr. Carlene.